What's good, Liquid Trucking Nation? Thank you so much for joining me today on the Liquid Trucking Podcast. I am your host, Marcus Bridges, and uh, we have a real doozy for you today. Super excited about this episode. We are talking about drivers, dispatch, and customer relations today. Uh, There are some very special relationships formed in this industry. Maybe they're customer relationships. Maybe they're relationships like between Josh Schmidt and Mike Bynes that formulate a company. But one of the most special relationships that can be formed is between a driver and a dispatcher. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. These people have to be in touch with one another just in case. Maybe it's a world ender. Maybe it's a a broken down truck right in the middle of the route. It's going to play hell with planning from here on out. Maybe it's a blown tire. Maybe you're just trying to get to your drop off a little bit earlier so that you can get home and get with your family a little bit earlier. And without a good relationship with your dispatcher as a driver, that's something that might not happen. Now, I don't have a lot of experience in this industry, but I have enough to know that not every dispatcher and not every driver has that good relationship. But I also know that here at Liquid Trucking, we're looking to formulate those relationships and make them last because the trust that comes from that work environment is the trust that makes it possible to do what you all do at Liquid Trucking. I'm super stoked on this episode today because we're going to talk to Bo Hankey, we're going to talk to Nick Meyer, we're going to talk to Jason Eisenman, we're going to talk to driver Matt Jackman, and we're also going to talk to dispatcher Tanner Bowman. This is awesome, right? These are these are great conversations to have because these are the guys that can talk to us about how we formulate these relationships, how they last, and a little bit on the customer service side, how we can take the best care of our liquid customers to make sure that they keep coming back for more. Don't forget to share this podcast with your liquid truck driving friends or any friends that might be interested in hearing about what liquid trucking has to offer and what makes this company so great. We depend on word of mouth for podcasts, and uh, we're not here to make sure that we've got 10 million people listening to this podcast. That's not what it's for. It's for the drivers and the staff of liquid trucking, but there will be some content in this podcast that goes beyond that and makes it something that would be entertaining and fun and educational to listen to for other people. So if you've got anybody like that in your life, be sure to share it. We'll be eternally grateful for you in that right. Without further ado, let's get to the first interview. Welcome to the gold standard of podcasts for the gold standard of drivers. This is the Liquid Trucking Podcast with your host, Marcus Bridges. I'm here with orientation and onboarding specialist, Bo Hankey from Liquid Trucking. Bo, so good to have you here. It's the first time we're doing this, man. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Now, uh, I mean, let's start with the obvious, Bo. Liquid Trucking has a podcast. I'm excited about it, but that's kind of my job. How do you feel about it? I feel good about it. I mean, it's going to get more information out to drivers. Hopefully, they start listening to it. It becomes a big thing here. That's the goal. And uh, that all rides on my shoulders. It's it's my job to make it interesting. So uh, let's hope that I can do my job. All right, Bo. <laughs> all right, let's do it. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about your position, orientation and onboarding specialist. Well, normally what we do is we bring guys in, you know, for two weeks at a time. That's how long our training is. Basically, we get them ready for the road. So they come in, they do two days of, of class training 
and then they move on to a little bit of field training. They'll get to kind of go over each shop, truck shop, trailer shop, how everything operates here, wash bay, a lot more things going on with, with tanking than there is box van or reefer. Flatbed, we like to bring in flatbed guys. They they seem to know a little bit more, uh, a little bit more hands-on work and have a little bit more mechanical aptitude. So then they're out in the field for a week with a trainer doing everything they can to learn as much as they can crammed, you know, down their throat basically for two weeks. And it's a lot, too. I understand that. I mean, when I was out there in uh, in Plattsmouth talking to you guys, meeting the staff, that was one thing that came up a lot is that, listen, this is a lot. We need drivers that are kind of at the apex of, of talent in their field because it's not only just a driving job, but it's kind of a plumbing job as well. And uh, there's a lot of different customers that you see. High likelihood that uh, that no two drops are the same. Am I correct there? Yeah, I mean, the old saying is, uh, or not really the old saying, the new saying, I, sh- I should say, is uh, it's the same, but different. <laughs> Product has to go from point A to point B. How do I get it there? What's in between? Right. Right. Now, we are talking a little bit about customer relations today, and I kind of want to touch on that. How important is the customer service aspect of Liquid's business model? 100%. 100%. We... Uh, we operate kind of off of a old school handshake kind of place, you know, not a whole lot of contract loads. And how does that, how would that change uh, between or for the drivers? If there were a lot of contract loads, like give me a little bit of insight into, into what that means. Well, I mean, normally when you show up at a customer, you know, they barely know who you are when you're a contract customer, you know, you're bringing in something that they might not know you. Most of these customers that we go to, we've been going to for 30 years. You know, they know most of our drivers, when they go to Westway, say, they know them on a first-name basis half the time. I mean, unless you're a new driver. It's very important for them to keep that customer relation happy, basically. Sure. Now, I, I'm I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but I am going to tell you this because hopefully it makes you feel better uh, starting out your week here. When I was down there, I would ask everybody that I would interview, like, who's the guy that's got the most knowledge? Who's the guy that's just uh, knows the industry in and out, knows our business in and out? Uh, most of the people said Bo Hanky. OK, so I'm going to ask you, what important advice could you give to drivers when it comes to customer relations? Not all customers are, are, you know, smiles and, and happy to see you when you show up. <laughs> uh, I would say get out, go to work, you know, build that trust when you get there. A lot of it is trust. You know, they have to trust in you to know that you can get the job done. And if they don't trust you, things get things get a little shaky or weird. <laughs> shaky and weird not what we want yeah. to have happen when we're out hauling liquid i assume uh and you know absolutely not it's kind of i feel like that if you zoom out a little bit from that that trust thing is a big part of the whole uh, ball of wax out there at liquid because um drivers have to be trusted that they can like you said show up to a same but different drop every single time uh, and know their stuff and not miss any of the little intricate steps and so building trust with the customer is is a lot the same as building trust within the organization, I would assume. And it's just monumentally important for what you guys do. Right. I mean, even dispatchers, you know, I hate to say it, but if they trust that a guy can get the job done 
I'm not going to say faster, but, you know, without any issue, they're going to trust in him to do, you know, maybe a longer haul or a better load or sometimes a worse load, <laughs> depending <laughs> on what it is. Yeah, right. I mean, even the good guys are going to get the bad loads once in a while, and that's because they right, can trust right. that they're going to get done efficiently. Absolutely. Well, Bo, uh, this has been great. I mean, there you go. Like, it's it's not that tough, but there's your first foray into the Liquid Trucking podcast. Like, loosen the shoulders a little bit. How do you feel? Um, I don't know. It's a bit awkward, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll get better as we as we progress here. <laughs> it, it will. It is a little bit awkward, but uh, the more that you do it, the better it'll be. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of like a fly that won't stop buzzing around your ear when you're trying to focus on something. I'll, I'll be around. You'll <laughs> see me. Uh, eventually, you might swat at me once or twice. I'm totally OK with that, Bo. I want to thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, you did a great job, and we're going to be talking to you a lot in the future. Plan on it. All I right. appreciate you. Yeah, take care, Bo. Thank you. Have a good one. Joining me now on the Liquid Trucking Podcast from Recruiting, Business Development, and HR is Nick Meyer. Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you. Well, it's great to have you, man. As we get this podcast kicked off, I'm really excited about the prospects of it. You know, I had a great time in Plattsmouth meeting the Liquid staff, getting to know you guys. We had a lot of great conversations there, but I figure it's a good idea to ask you, uh, just like I'm going to ask some of the other guests on today's podcast, what do you hope that the drivers and the staff at Liquid can get out of this podcast? Well, I think the biggest thing is to stay connected with our drivers. They're all over the lower 48 states and into Canada, and, and we all don't get to see each other each week. And so I think it's important that they understand what's going on within our company, and this gives them an opportunity to maybe speak with us about things they wouldn't normally talk with us about. And I get these this uh, really, really big inkling that you guys have a giant trust built with your drivers uh, between the staff and the drivers and also between the drivers and the customers. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of that trust within the company? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is is uh, we, we don't micromanage our drivers. We hire grown men to go out there and manage their own routes and to manage their truck and make sure that they communicate properly whenever something is needed or help is needed. So there's a huge amount of trust. I mean, we have guys that we might not see for two or three months. And uh, so that takes a lot of trust right there. Yeah, that and the fact that, it, uh, you know, it seems like none of the deliveries are the same or, or as uh, Bo told us, they're the same but different. So you have to have trust that you can uh, prop that these guys can problem solve out there on the road and and make sure that the customer gets taken care of in the best possible way. Correct. Correct. I mean, uh, you know, the standard line and orientation and training is, is you aren't really going to experience most all of our loads until you've driven for us for a year. And, and that's pretty true. You know, a guy can't just hop in here and be a pro. It takes years to be a professional tanker driver. So you're always learning, you know, those first few years, it's always something new. How does that affect you from a recruiting standpoint, Nick? Obviously you guys are looking for accomplished drivers in a certain right and guys that are, are top of the line as far as their career path is concerned. Um, does that provide some challenges in the recruiting department, finding enough drivers to fill the trucks and finding the right drivers to fill the trucks? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, we have been incredibly blessed to have a low turnover rate to be very attractive pay-wise. And the fact that we're a family-owned company and we get to know our drivers, get to know their families, plays a huge part in us having a decent amount of applicants to choose from. But finding the quality applicants, I mean, you have to want to do the challenging work and drive a truck. It's still driving a truck, but you have to learn plumbing. You have to pay attention to detail. Um, so that is a difficult part is to narrow down guys who have the right motivation to want to do such a difficult job. It's not an easy job at all. I can't imagine. I, I installed a toilet in my bathroom once I became a homeowner. And let's just say uh, that was a disaster and it had disaster <laughs> written all over it. I feel like that's a pretty rudimentary plumbing project. And uh, I had no business being in there, uh, gloves on or off, either one. So I've got a tremendous degree of respect for these guys and all of you there at the uh, at, at the front office, because uh, it, I heard some of the stories and, and we'll get into them as this podcast takes shape. Obviously, we're going to tell a lot of stories. We're going to talk to a lot of liquid drivers. But there's some hairy things that can happen, including all the way to the collapse of an entire tanker trailer, if all these minute details aren't really paid close attention to. Correct. I mean, it is a situation to where some of these outfits will train for a couple days and let guys learn by their own mistakes out there on the road. And that just seems crazy, <laughs> uh, you know. We, we have a two-week training course for a reason. We, we, we want these guys to be put in front of every scenario that we possibly can prior to getting into a truck um, so that they have the know-how and the confidence to go out there you know, and make things work. Uh, there's about a thousand ways for something to go wrong in this industry, and uh, most of our drivers are very efficient at fixing those on the fly uh, without having to be here. That's key to it all. Uh, but then again, it goes back to making sure that we hire the right-minded individuals that are wanting to learn that, that are wanting uh, to be the best of the best driver out there on the road uh, that can also fix things on the fly and make things work at different customers, whether it's a mom-and-pop farm to to a large uh you know, Tyson or ConAgra, I mean, you know, it's important that our guys are professional and are confident and have the ability uh, to take care of our customers and to get home back safely. Absolutely. You mentioned confidence there. If my golf game is any indication, confidence is a huge part of the job. And uh, man, I wish that I could replicate some of the confidence that your drivers have when I'm on the putting green. But that's another conversation yeah. for another time. Yeah. Nick. <laughs> Well, there you go, man. It's your first interview with me on the podcast. I really appreciate you being here. We're up against the clock a little bit here, but I'm, I'm going to ask you because why not? What did you think? How did it go? You know, it's exciting. It's good. It's good for a company to get out there and to get in front of our drivers. And I'm really excited to get our drivers on here to get some of their stories, their feedback, their experience with our company. That's what it's all about. It's about our drivers. Uh, you know, it's time to get them a platform to speak on. So absolutely, Nick. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate the insight. Uh, that's Nick Meyer recruiting business development and HR for liquid trucking. You be safe out there and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, Nick. All right, buddy. Thank you.
off and rolling on this episode of the Liquid Trucking Podcast. Already some great interviews in the can, and we got a couple more around the corner. But first, before I got to that, I wanted to get to a few kind of mind-blowing stats. You see, it's my job here as the host of the Liquid Trucking Podcast to not only educate in any way that I can, tell your stories from the road, tell the company's stories from the front office and the road, uh, but it's it's my job to understand the trucking industry as best as I possibly can. So as I was starting to put this podcast together and working with all of the great people at Liquid Trucking, I was just reading, reading everything I can, trying to soak up all the information possible. And I came across a couple of stats that really kind of blew my hat off of my head. Now, fortunately, I have this very nice uh, custom Liquid Trucking hat that we made for this podcast because... I'm just a lucky guy. I get to have one of the coolest liquid trucking podcast hats that there is. So I picked that hat up off the ground. I dusted it off and made sure that it was still in pristine condition before I came on camera here to tell you about these stats. We all know that there's three and a half million drivers out there, professional truck drivers, the people that haul every good that you consume whether it be computer parts, uh, your electronics, every piece of food that you've ever put into your belly, all the things that are attached to your car, whether it be that nice set of glass packs that you got so you can annoy your neighbors, or the computer parts, the filters, all of it, okay? I don't need to sit here and, and go on, drone on forever about this. But it was these numbers that really told the story for me. I'm getting this uh, from a CNET article that was published back in September of 2021. Collectively, you three and a half million truck drivers drive 450 billion miles every single year, and you carry 11 billion tons of merchandise, all those electronics, supplies, and produce to consumers. So the article explores a little bit about what would happen. If we didn't have all of you 3.5 million truck drivers out there, well, it wouldn't take America very long to look like, I don't know, Mad Max or Dune. Um, it would be an apocalyptic hellscape out there. OK, all of the grocery stores would dry up. You know how that happened back in covid where like people were rushing the stores and buying water like they were going to have to live outside for a few days. Well, if the three and a half million truck drivers in this country shut down for just three days, that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, by Thursday, you're going to be going after a lot more than just bottles of Dasani, okay? I'm talking medical supplies dry up. Hospitals can't help people. Fuel goes away. Don't forget, the fuel that you need to make your car go has to get to the place that pumps it into your tank, and that is a truck driver, you think about those shortages that we experienced during COVID kind of across the board. That's like a, a drop in the bucket compared to what would have happened. Maybe not even a drop in the bucket. Let's call it a drop in the ocean. Should all of a sudden truck drivers decide, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. And thank God that they haven't at this point. Here's a quote from a guy named Long Haul Paul. He has a eight part podcast called Over the Road that you can listen to. Uh, he says, quote, the world would come to a stop. The biggest effect would be on the psyche of the nation. And I think that's very telling. What truck drivers do for this nation is 
underappreciated from the word go. And I'm not just talking about the the labor aspect, the long hours on the road, all that windshield time, the log books, the way stations, the 34s, the 10s, that stuff. Yeah. OK, it, it would all go away and it would be very tragic. But what would happen to our country as far as the way we view our country? We're a world power, right? We might be the quintessential world power, and 73% of every single consumer good out there finds its way to you on a truck. I'm willing to argue it's a lot closer than 100%, but let's call that somewhere around 27% semantics, okay? Yeah, some of it comes on a ship, and then they grab it directly from the ship. How does it get to the store? I don't know. Probably a damn truck. Uh, Trucks are the linchpin of the economy. Responsible for that 72% of goods we consume, they're a critical link in the supply chain for both goods arriving in ships from abroad and those made in the U.S. Every product from an American port or factory to your doorstep rides on a truck at some point. Now, here's a quote from Chris Spear, president and CEO of the American Trucking Associations. Quote, trucks will continue to be the dominant freight transportation mode for the foreseeable future. Buy now can't happen without trucks, right? Buy it now. Amazon Prime, get it here. Sorry, that doesn't happen unless you're willing to put on your Lamborghinis and take a nice long walk across the country. We don't grow corn out here in the Pacific Northwest. I'll tell you where they grow a lot of corn out there in Nebraska, Iowa, Indiana, these places, Ohio. And guess what? It's a long damn way away from me. That's like a five hour flight. I don't even want to know how long it would take to walk it. So online shopping is adding to this whole thing. And really, at this point, I'm just rambling. So apologies. But I want to really drive home the idea behind this podcast. Yes, we are here for liquid trucking. We want to help communication between the front office and the drivers. We want to help educate on safety. We want to help get important company announcements out there so that everybody can hear it. But at the end of the day, We are here to tip our caps to these trucking companies that make our world go round. If it wasn't for you all, we would not be doing what we're doing. This microphone wouldn't be here because damn sure right, I wasn't going to walk to Sweetwater in Indiana and pick it up myself. Thank you all. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for being there day in, day out and working harder than most Americans will ever know how to work. This podcast is for you, liquid truck drivers. So share it with your friends. Let them know what we're here doing. And uh, again, take a bow because America needs you. We need you. And uh, we are grateful to the ends of the earth for you doing what you do. Let's get back to some interviews from some liquid trucking staff members. Knowledge and stories from coast to coast. This is your driver profile. Joining me now on the Liquid Trucking Podcast is Liquid Driver Matt Jackman. Matt, you're here for our very first driver profile on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Not a problem. I like to start these out just because this is the very first one. I'm going to kind of give a little bit of an explanation here, but I like to find out a little bit about who I'm talking to and how you got started, how you got to where you are today. So one of the questions that always seems to hit Where are you at today, and where are you headed? Um, I'm in part of L.A., and headed north, get washed out, 
and hopefully reloaded with brandy today up in Northern California. Okay. Now, uh, in my experience talking to drivers, uh, there is a, a pretty consistent fact, and that is that drivers either hate driving in L.A. or they hate driving in Atlanta. Are you one of those guys? Or are you okay with it? Um, I'm not too bad with it. I just try to plan for where I'm coming in before the rush starts, and I didn't quite get it done this morning. <laughs> you get caught up in a little traffic there in L.A., did you? Uh, under a two-hour drive, and it took three hours to get to where I was going. Wow. So, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's either the traffic or the uh, excess regulation in California that seems to uh, get <laughs> under driver's skin. Yeah, a little ridiculous, but it is what it is. And if there was anything you could change about the laws in California, it would is there anything that stands out to you that you would switch up? Probably the truck speed limit. And it's, what is it, 60 or 65? 55. Oh, wow, 55, even slower. Okay, well, I'm with you on that 100%, man. I can't, I'm like that 80s song. I can't drive 55. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how long have you been driving uh, as a professional, Matt? Um, I've been with Liquid Trucking for five and a half years. I did just part-time reefer hauling in the wintertime years ago and loved it. I uh, went from central Nebraska down into Georgia, dedicated run, one run a week. Did underground construction for 15 years and saw the way that the company was moving and bailed. I uh, went and tried some other stuff, hauled equipment, plows for installing telephone cable, and just decided I wanted to be in a truck. And the jump to here, I was at a job, plumbing, HVAC, electrical, hauling equipment, job trailers, and knew the writing on the wall. There was no room for real advancement anytime in the near future, and the money was just not stable enough. Mm -hmm. So I hooked up with Liquid Trucking. And how do you feel about Liquid? I mean, obviously, you've been here for five and a half years, so you, you must be a happy employee. What What is attractive to you about uh, Liquid Trucking as a company? Um, the pay. For the most part, the pay is, you can push your push your logbook and maximize your hours, and you can make some dang good take-home. Retirement plan is good. I haven't had any problems with the insurance, the health insurance. Other guys have. I know how to play their game. So, so from a driver's standpoint, what about your relationships with the, the front office staff, your dispatchers, everybody that you have to deal with? Um, how's the company in that right? Not too bad. I try to not deal with anybody in the office. And is that just um, out of, of respect for, for the time in their day or just that if you're dealing with them, something's probably wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dispatch, I try not to call and bug them all the time. I just go do what I can do. If there is a problem, throw them a text. If we have to go to a phone call, we will. Got it. Well, I mean, that's good, right? It's it's a sign of a well-oiled machine that uh, there's there's not a lot of hiccups. And if you don't have to contact dispatch, that means that everything's going off without a hitch. And that's a good day, I would assume. Yeah. Now, I, I hear a lot as I, I was in Plattsmouth. I got to meet the staff. I got to see the front office and, and tour the shop and everything like that. Sit down with a lot of people. One thing that was kind of a recurring theme of all of my meetings there with both drivers and office staff is that your guys' drop-offs and, and load-ins are always kind of 
the same but different. Can you talk to me a little bit about that and how each drop differs from the last? We've got a lot of a lot of loads that are the same repetitious over and over and over again, like clockwork. You get out of here and some of these loads, I just did this load two weeks ago that I'm going to pick up. So I know the ins and the outs. I don't even got it stored in my GPS already. I know where to go scale in. I know where to go to get loaded. Know what my hours of operations are that they will load me. Sometimes you don't get the right information, and so you do get stuck. And it, it does tend to frustrate people a lot when even dispatch isn't given the right information. So that kind of highlights the importance of note taking at these at these certain stops. I imagine you could probably uh, take some pretty good notes and not only help yourself at a future drop off or load in, but also help other drivers that might go to that same spot. Oh yeah, and we've got group calls that a lot of the guys do. They'll get three or four guys on a on a phone call, and one of them will ask, "Have you been to this location?" Yes, and one guy might start rattling off the directions. Oh, turn at this street. And, and don't go past there or you're going to be in trouble. It's a car-only street, way restricted. Got it. Yeah, and a lot of times it sounds like it's what not to do rather than what to do. You guys know what to yeah. do. It's it's where you don't want to be. Right, right. And then looking at aerial view on Google Maps is a big godsend because you can look around, you can see where tanks are at, you can see where, the, where you're supposed to kind of be run down the street view and see if the road signs say anything funky or, or what it does. Mm-hmm. And how hard was the, uh, the plumbing aspect of the job for you to learn, Matt? Plumbing wasn't too bad. It all runs downhill. <laughs> just, just like, uh, some problems in, uh, in, in various companies, right? They say, uh, there's that yep. adage there. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna break the square, uh, ice right now because we've we've gotten through this podcast this far without dropping an F-bomb or anything like that. But yeah, it runs downhill, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> I use my inside voice. There you go. <laughs> got it. I got it. How important are uh, the customer relations to your job, Matt? I, I know that there's, there's uh, a few times where, you know, you might be at like a big Tyson chicken plant or something like that or going to pick up bourbon from a big distillery. But there's also some times when you're dropping off at like a farm, right? So how important yeah. are the relationships that you build at these various uh, pickup and drop-off points? They, they're they very important. If they get a bad taste in their mouth, it may be as much as we don't get to load there anymore. Wow. Yeah, it's real crucial to tie your tongue a little bit, try and be nice. And in return, 95% of the time, they'll be nice right back. And then you've got that 5% oh. of the time when you catch somebody just on a terrible day and they weren't oh, going to be oh, nice yeah. to anybody, right? We've got a long-time customer that at the farm drop, and he just requests that everybody call him so they know what time or he knows what time he needs to be around so we can get unloaded. And I've pulled in there numerous times, and I've always called him, love talking with him. And he had somebody else there that did not call in and I proceeded to get my tail and shoot off. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but here's my phone. There's your number. I did call you. I'm sorry that the other guy did not. So it, it, just, it does get frustrating at times, but just kind of go with the flow and, and see if you just can't get it done and get on your way. Absolutely. 
And and what types of uh, what types of things do you do to help manage that stress? Because that you know we haven't even talked about the stress of just driving with a bunch of liquid attached to your back down a freeway where nobody cares that you're uh, loaded as heavy as you are and uh, they're dipping in and out and traffic and everything. That's stressful in and of itself. But when you have a customer like that, that's also stressful. How can you kind of uh, like what are some I guess, techniques that you use to just kind of make that stress melt away so you can get on with your day? Uh, I would love to tell you that I like to drink a lot, <laughs> but I I just can't quite do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I, I understand that. And that's kind of why I ask is, is it, you're in a unique position where you can't necessarily deal with, uh, with some of the the stress like some other people can. I mean, I you know, you're in a state right now, for instance, where uh, cannabis is legal and everybody except for people that drive professionally or maybe medical professionals will tend in California to just burn one down and feel a little bit better. But you drivers can't do that and you can't be drinking yourself uh, into a stupor either. So, you know, you've, you've got to have some techniques where you just breathe i guess and and you said you wanted to be in a truck earlier in our conversation i have to assume that being alone is something that doesn't really bother you that much it doesn't bother me that much what else are you going to do for a nine to five job do you get paid to drive around and see different stuff Mm -hmm. i love stopping if i have time say i make it to louisiana or southern texas picking up cajun food hauling all kinds of food home stuff that we don't have in Nebraska. Um, my family loves Cajun food. Perfect. I grab it whenever I go down there. I get a hold of them and let them know, hey, this is where I'm headed. What do you want me to bring home this time? And get the tums uh, ready, right? <laughs> you know, it hasn't been that bad yet. It's um, <laughs> good. I do love to cook. I actually have a smoker setting on my passenger seat. Really? And so do you smoke some meat there on the road, like from time to time when you get a, when you're stopped for long enough? I try. Last night I met up with another driver and we grilled steaks and veggies and all kinds of stuff. That's awesome. I mean, it, it's it, it's a big deal. You know, it's a big topic in the industry. Obviously, driver health. Uh, you guys don't have the access to a full kitchen all the time. So any little steps like that that you can take. I mean, I've heard drivers that uh, have slow cookers. I once interviewed a a lady that cooked an entire Thanksgiving dinner in the cab of her truck to share with other drivers at the truck stop when she got stopped over Thanksgiving. I I think that type of stuff is amazing because I love to cook too. I love my time in the kitchen. Um, So so to know that you're having steak and grilled vegetables out on the road, that's that's tops, man. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. So what other type of stuff have you cooked out there on the road? I got to know. I just actually just threw my smoker back in to the truck. I've owned it for three years, and this is the first time I've ever hauled it. Oh, okay. So normally I've got like a uh, George Foreman grill. I'll, I'll grill a steak, grill hamburgers. I've actually done vegetables and like parchment paper on that George Foreman. So I, I do try to eat, I would say, less expensive and everything. Yeah, a little more healthy, too, when you make it at home. At least that, or make it in your truck. At least you know what's going into it. Yeah. Yep. 
And those George Foreman grills will make a hell of a panini or a grilled cheese, too. That was I lived oh, on yeah. those things in college. I wasn't even supposed to have one of those in my dorm room. Uh, I guess they were yeah. afraid I was going to burn the place down, but I hid it under my bed and I made use of it often. Yeah. Great little tool there. Um, do you have any advice for any drivers that are kind of thinking about maybe starting to cook a little bit more from the cab of their truck? Any any uh, tips or tricks of the trade that you've learned along the way? Parchment paper. The easiest thing to help keep a mess cleaned up. There you go. Instead of having to scrub that grill all the time, you just throw some parchment paper down and put your drip stand underneath and let it go. You're good to go. You pull the parchment paper off at the light wipe and you're done. That's perfect. That see, that's a great tip. I never would have thought of that. And those those grills, they're they're easy to clean if you have like a full sink bay and everything, and brushes and everything like that. They're kind of a pain in the ass if you don't have that. I used to try to clean mine in the drinking fountain in the dorms, and it never worked. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, I, I'm kind of excited now knowing that you just added your smoker to the repertoire in the truck because. That means that we get to go on this journey with you. I can't wait to talk to you the next time we have you on the podcast in the future and hear about all the amazing stuff that you've cooked up on that smoker. Well, just ask like Nick or some of those guys about the smoke goldfish. I actually did a batch of those last night. That sounds good. You're just you're you're pressing all my buttons right now, Matt. You and I are going to be friends. I can tell already. Like I said, I love cooking. You also mentioned that you like to see a lot of the places in the country. Where's your favorite place to drive? In all honesty, I love being up in Montana. Yeah. It's, just, it's wide open. Yeah, it's a popular one. Wide open and beautiful. I mean, there's a reason that it's called Big Sky Country, right? Yeah. So you're you're more of a, it sounds like you're more of a mountains guy than a, than a plains guy. Um, do the passes bother you at all? Or you're, you're well experienced enough now that you kind of just get on those and get past them? Yeah, pedal, 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 and ride the brake going down. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, Matt, before I let you go, we're up against the clock here. Uh, we really appreciate the time that you've given us today while you're out on your route. I'll give you the floor. Is there anything that you would like to say to any of your fellow drivers at Liquid or any of the office staff or anything like that? Oh, not at this time. All right. Well, we'll let you think about it. We'll get you back on. Hear some of the recipes and uh, tell some of the great stories that you have out there on the road. Again, I really appreciate the time. Just be safe out there. Keep the shiny side up. All right. Sounds great. Thank you. That's Matt Jackman, liquid trucking driver. Thank you so much. No problem. Next up here on the Liquid Trucking Podcast, we've got Jason Eisenman, Vice President of Safety and Human Resources for Liquid Trucking. Thank you so much for being here today, Jason. How's it going out there? Doing good. Thank you so much. Hey, no problem. The company has a podcast now. How do you feel about it? Are you excited? Are you nervous? What's going through your head as we uh, do this for the very first time? Well, I think both because you always want to do something new and connect in ways that we haven't connected before. So that's the exciting part. The scary part is, you know, do you do it right? Do you mess up along the way? And the answer is probably yes. We'll learn from it, but we'll have some fun too. Absolutely. And uh, you know what? I've been doing this for so long now that uh, messing up is just part of my job. I, I've kind of tried to own that a little bit. And uh, 
it's hard sometimes, you know, I don't always want to look at myself in the mirror after a long day at work, but uh, so far, so good with Liquid. Uh, we've had some awesome interviews. We've got a lot of good information coming from a bunch of people at the company, and uh, I'm really looking forward to to how this whole thing is going to, to shape out uh, over the course of the next uh, however long we do it. So again, I just want to thank you for your time. I know you're a busy guy, so I want to get right to it. One of the things that we've kind of been chatting about a little bit today is the importance of of customer relations with the drivers and also uh, the drivers uh, relations with their dispatchers. Can you speak to that a little bit from your perspective on how important it is, first off, that the drivers establish a good connection with their dispatcher? Yeah, um, it is. You know, think about what we do. We're a trucking company and uh, we sell service just like when we go. You know, you and I go either to a restaurant, you know, we, we expect a certain level of service and we want to be the most professional folks we can, you know, uh, family friendly is what we are, you know, what we, we were grown by a family and started by a family and we want to keep that kind of persona. But uh, service today is, is pretty hard to teach, you know, the world's changing. And, and so keeping the dispatcher and driver in a good Working relationship ultimately leads to better service when the driver is with the customer. It's kind of like a, a big eco circle cycle, if you will. And and the more they get along as in dispatcher and driver, the better the customer is going to have the experience at the end of the day. And and speaking to that, um, you know, I I had uh, driver Matt Jackman on the podcast earlier, and something that. Uh, I thought was really cool is he he talked about how he builds relationships with customers and how even if things don't go right or even if you might get chewed out by the customer or or something like that for, you know, one thing going wrong, you never really know what that person's gone through that day before you get there. And so uh, it, it's kind of a real kill them with kindness type environment there. You really have to to just be all smiles and present that service as if it's top notch every single time. Uh, it seems like your drivers do a pretty good job of that from the customer service standpoint. Would you agree? I do agree. And and they they are tasked with one of the hardest jobs ever because they're live and in person right there in front of the customer for whatever is going on in their life at that time. There could be personal things, work things, all, you name it. And, and, and the driver like Matt, who's a, a phenomenal driver for the company, when they're there staring down the customer doing their job in the heat of the moment for whether it's good or bad or whatever, they are dealt the, the, the cards and they gotta, they gotta play them right. And they, and they do a great job at it. They do. They really do. Now you, you mentioned something uh, just a couple of seconds ago that I want to touch on uh, while we still have some time here. And that's the company culture at liquid. It is. It feels like a very family-oriented environment, like you said. I was there. I got to meet a lot of the people, uh, yourself included. You gave me a truck to drive around when I was there one day, so I didn't have to be always hitching rides, and um, I felt like a part of the family. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys foster that environment and also what it does for the company at the end of the day? Yeah, it's not easy. Like Every single day, you got to sit down and think about we are all people and we're all on the same planet. And, and yes, we're at work together for a common goal, but treating each other like people is kind of first and foremost. 
aside from any other difference you might have. So that's kind of priority one. And then I'm going to quote an old coach in Iowa for the football buffs. Coach Joe Hadachek gave a um, speech years ago out in Chicago, quoted, who can you make feel important today? And that's that kind of like serving mentality. Um, you know, I get to serve all the drivers and folks that work here at Liquid Trucking uh, every day. You know, I get to have that opportunity for whatever's going on in their day and, and make it you know, maybe a little bit better when they leave work. And so those are some of the tools I use to try and make things better from my perspective and how I interact with our, our employee base. And you can you can definitely feel it. it. It seems like everybody that's working there at Liquid is happy, and and they at the end of the day they go home feeling good about what they've done. And I I have to tip my cap to you guys because you did touch on it. It's not easy. Um, there's a lot of companies out there that don't have even a fraction of the family oriented environment that Liquid has. And I, I like I said, a huge tip of the cap to you guys. Uh, it's one of the reasons I'm so excited about getting this podcast moving. But you did move my needle a little bit when you talked about football. Uh, for those of you that don't know that are listening right now, I reside out here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I am I'm an Oregon grad. I'm an Oregon Duck fanatic. Uh, and we're coming to Big Ten country next year, Jason. Are you an Iowa fan? Are you a Nebraska fan? And, and are we going to trade punches over the next year, do you think? Yeah, that's, that's good stuff because... Being a border city here in Plattsmouth, we border Iowa and Nebraska, so our employee base is pretty split. Then we have drivers that live in, you know, averaging around 14 different states. So sports and football is definitely a fun topic. It keeps the camaraderie light on good days and bad, you know. So I'm a Steelers fan, and that's been up and down already this year, and I'm a Husker fan, uh, having uh, grown up in Lincoln. So that'd be really cool to see. Uh, the Ducks play the Huskers, but, um, you know, I don't know how it's going to come out. We've got a lot of work to do in Husker country. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we've got the Colorado Buffaloes coming to town uh, this weekend, and we're going to go ahead and put a pop knot on their head uh, for Nebraska. That's just, you know, that's what a good conference mate would do. I, I tell you what, I don't want to play them again. <laughs> They're a great team. And from if you if you look at anything about you know the same topical that we're talking about how you treat people, there's a lot to be said about Dion, and you know I've I've watched a lot of videos, not for a single single ounce of football knowledge, but there's a lot you can learn from how he just interacts with people and talks to people. Um, you know, you hope it's all true in person as well, but. I, I really have enjoyed just learning and listening to some of his approach about that whole people perspective. Absolutely. It is a unique approach in, in the college football sphere. And, and as you said, you can tell that you learn from people like him because of the culture that uh, resides there at, at liquid trucking. So, uh, but we're up against the clock. I will say this and, and I'm so sorry that I have to say it, but I, I, my 49ers got your Steelers in week one, uh, and, and I'm okay I, with that. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That was bad. I look forward to talking more. I hope all of our employees have a lot of fun with this. We plan on having a lot of folks on the show and uh, all across the company, not just truck drivers. So we appreciate all the hard work on your end, and it's going to be a lot of fun listening to a wide variety of topics over the years to come. 
That's Jason Eisenman, Vice President of Safety and Human Resources for Liquid Trucking. Thank you so much again for being here, Jason. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Thank you. Time to welcome another first-timer here to the Liquid Trucking Podcast. His name is Tanner Bowman, Dispatch and Account Manager for Liquid Trucking. Tanner, really appreciate you being here today with us. Of course. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Now, um, it's it's official. I've been asking everybody this. You have a podcast now. The company that you work for, uh, Liquid Trucking, has got its own podcast. Are you excited? Are you shaking your head in the background? Are you sick of me already? These are some questions I want to hear from you real quick. Yeah, no, it sounds, sounds great. I'm looking forward to seeing how it grows over time and, and where we take it. I am too, and uh, it, we just really appreciate Liquid going on board with us here, and uh, and and hopefully we can get the drivers bought in and get some uh, some ears on this thing because I feel like there's a lot of good stuff that we can cover, and uh, we can kind of increase communication between the guys on the road and those of you at the front office. Now, uh, today's episode has to do with drivers, dispatch, and customer relations. You obviously being a dispatcher yourself, you are the uh, you're, you're a, a very important piece to that puzzle. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you establish good lasting relationships with your drivers there at Liquid? Well, you know, here at Liquid Trucking, we like to imagine that. Well, we don't imagine all the drivers. You know, they're not just a number. They they have faces. They have families. They have friends. They they like you know having their time off at home and and they like showing up and making money when it's time. So. You know, we, we try to treat everybody with respect and like we're, you know, a big family. It sounds cheesy, but, you know, this is still a family company. And I think when, when you treat guys with respect and and not just a number, uh, that goes a, a long way for them and, and making them feel at home and, and part of the company. Absolutely. And, and you're not the first person to tell me that, yeah, the family thing, it kind of sounds a little bit cheesy. It only sounds cheesy until it doesn't actually show up. And then everybody's upset that it's not there. You know, it's like, right. it's a little bit of hyperbole for sure. But at the same time, we always see this as one of the most important things in successful fleets, which Liquid is. And I see that. I can tell you guys made me feel like I was part of the family uh, when I was there. And I was only there for a few days. So I can only imagine what it's like being a career truck driver uh, and coming to a place like Liquid and finally feeling that after hearing time and time again that that was going to be the way it was and then seeing that not be the case at so many other companies. What's one of the biggest hurdles that you guys face at Dispatch with trying to keep the drivers happy and trying to make sure that the customers are happy and all that? Um, what are some challenges there? You know, everything's a balancing act. You know, the the drivers, they they want their, they want their time off and, and they want to feel respected. So, you know, in the tanker industry, everything's very niche. It's very specialized. So, so matching up guys with the right loads, uh, making sure they get home for their time off and not uh, deviating too far from that, at least without a conversation to make sure it'll be acceptable for them. Uh, it's all part of the balancing act uh, that we do every single day. So it, it's all just a big puzzle and you, you have to focus and bear down on it every day and, and make sure you're getting the pieces put together correctly. Absolutely. Uh, what's some advice you can offer all the drivers that are listening right now as far as the customer relations side of things go? Obviously, keeping the customer happy and making sure that they're having a good experience uh, is is also paramount to the whole pie coming together. 
Uh, what would you tell your drivers, the ones listening right now, about their uh, customer relations? That's a good question. I think that the the key to any driver-customer relationship is uh, trying to have all the information ready to go when you show up somewhere, whether that be a pickup number, PO number, delivery number, stuff like that. Knowing how your equipment works goes a long way. If you show up to a customer and you don't have a clue how the pump on board you have works or how you know you should back in or anything like that, that that's going to set the wrong image for the customer right off the bat. So trying to be as prepared as possible when you show up is you know, it seems like 90% of the battle most of the time. And then, you know, if, if you're dealing with a grouchy customer, just do your best to handle it professionally because they they don't have a problem picking up the phone and let us letting us know when there's a problem. If you show up somewhere and you're having issues, you know, don't take it out on the customer. Call your dispatcher and, and see, what, see what we can do to help. A lot of times it's just a simple miscommunication that, you know, a few, few emails or a phone call can take care of pretty quickly. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you mentioned when you and I were talking uh, all the way back when I was out there in Plattsmouth visiting with the staff, uh, one thing that you were was a key point for you was like calling the right person at the right time. Uh, It's not going to help dispatch if you've got a TV that's not working at 3 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Uh, Dispatch isn't going to be able to help you, but maybe the shop will. Probably the same thing for, uh, you know, customer relations. Calling the shop when you've got a grumpy customer or something's not working out isn't going to help you at all either. Right, right. Yeah, knowing knowing who to call and when is is going to be a huge hurdle to clear, especially for the new guys. We've got a lot of a lot of people on staff here that that want to help, but sometimes it can seem tricky to get to those people. So, you know, if they ever have a question on on who to call, the dispatch is a great place to start, and they can get you pointed in the right direction. But you know, if it's not a mission critical question that you have, like a tire blowout or a breakdown. You know, it's just a, hey, I'm going to be there at nine o'clock for my for my noon appointment tomorrow. Can you see if I can get in earlier? You know, try to make those phone calls during normal business hours versus seven, eight o'clock at night because the customers might not be around to help at those times. For sure. It sounds like communication is absolutely paramount when it comes to uh, driver and dispatch relations and same with the customer. Uh, I appreciate you coming on today, Tanner, to uh, give us a little insight into this. Don't get sick of me yet, man, because we're going to be having you on this podcast a lot. You did great on your first one, and I really look forward to what the future holds for the Liquid Trucking Podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to listen. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. No problem. That's Tanner Bowman, Dispatch and Account Manager for Liquid Trucking. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of the Liquid Trucking Podcast. I want to say a huge thank you to everyone that came in and uh, took part in this show today. That's Tanner, uh, Tanner Bowman, excuse me, Nick Meyer, Matt Jackman, Jason Eisenman, and Bo Hankey. I love talking to these guys, and I absolutely love talking to the drivers as well. So if you're a driver listening to this right now and you're thinking, hey, I want to be on that damn podcast, Do it. Tell somebody. Tell your dispatcher. Get in touch with Bo. Get in touch with Jason. Anybody that you think can get you to me, get in touch with them because I'm going to be looking for drivers to talk to. And uh, I'm always looking for staff members to talk to as well. If you're in the shop checking it out or you're in the front office, you want to be on the podcast, we will find a spot for you. Okay. 
interact with us wherever you see this on any social media and make sure that you tell all of your industry friends about it. If they're in the truck driving industry, there's a reason that they would want to listen to this podcast. Check it out because we're here telling the story behind liquid trucking, teaching lessons, hopefully making people safe and giving you something to listen to that's at least entertaining enough to knock out an hour or so of that long drive you've got ahead of you. So thanks once again to everybody that took part today, and thanks to Liquid Trucking for having me here. I'm having so much fun already, and we are not very many episodes into this thing. We've got a lot in store for you. Just stay tuned, all right? That's that's the best thing I can tell you, Liquid Drivers. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week. Thanks again for being here. This is the Liquid Trucking Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and being the gold standard of drivers on the road. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel and tune in next week for another episode of the Liquid Trucking Podcast.